So, the big question is this. How are pitching coaches like us, who aren't lazy and driven by our ego, who actually care about getting every player better, how do we coach in a way that lets us break free from the status quo, see things differently, and impact each one of our players for the better, all while changing the landscape of this game? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andy Powers, and welcome to the Pitching Secrets Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? It's Andy here, and uh, I'm so excited to uh, have you join us today. I got a lot of cool things to talk about today, but and I think it's I think it's going to be something that you're going to be finding really interesting. And it's something that that like it happens all the time in games, and it's like something that nobody ever really ever talks about, thinks about it, or really understands the importance of it. And uh, of course, what we're talking about here is uh, is mound visits in a game. And uh, it, it's uh, it's interesting because the only reason I even was kind of thinking about this um, is something that I talked and taught a lot to other guys in the past. But um, one of the things that I was thinking about here recently was uh, the other night I was on I was flipping through the channels and uh, on the MLB Network they had they were playing a Bull Durham, and I'm sure that uh, you've seen Bull Durham. I mean, it's kind of part of the uh, the rite of passage, if you will, as a baseball fan, uh, with a few of the other movies. And so there's always that famous scene in, in Bull Durham where they're having that mound meeting. And it's like the first baseman sitting there saying, don't hit the ball, don't have him hit the ball towards me. You know, my girlfriend put a curse on my glove. And then they're talking about how, hey, did you hear about how uh, their second baseman's getting married? And, you know, what do we get him? Well, candlesticks always make a nice gift and, and all that. And at the same time, Nuke on the mound is sitting here because he's struggling and he's trying to sit there and go, you know, guys, we sit there. And then finally the pitching coach comes out uh, and he's like, you know, what's going on here? And, you know, they're going back and forth, back and forth, trying to figure it out. And it kind of was giving you like that little insight into what a, a mound visit is like. And, <laughs> I, you know, obviously, if you've been a part of one, it's not like that. Very once in a while, uh, occasionally, it, uh, it can be, though. And there's a real reason for it. In the movie, it was just something that was really, really cool. But, uh, you know, I love that part of the movie. And, and uh, so, uh, but so I got to got to me thinking, you know, talking about it. It's like, well, what do we want to do with a, a mound visit? So here was my rule for it when it came to mound visits that I always thought served me well, but more importantly, I think it served my my pitchers well. And I say this from an experience of actually having been the guy on the mound that was having the visit take place, as well as the guy who was, you know, then turning around as the coach and making that visit and picking your spots. So I had an 85-10-5. So there was basically three reasons why I would take a visit. One of them, 85% of the time was the reason I would take one of these uh, a visit for this reason. 10% of the time would be another this other reason I would take the visit, and then the other 5% would be the last reason I would take a visit. Now, if there was a you know ever a situation where for some reason it didn't fit into one of those three categories, which I can't really think of a reason or situation that it wouldn't, then I didn't take the visit. Um, and so that could mean, you know, a lot of different things. If a guy's struggling, uh, you know, getting hit around a little bit, um, you know, you got to pick your spot. So the 85-10-5 rule. So here it was. 85% of the time that I would take a visit, the reason I did it was for basically one of two things. One was to just provide the, the guy on the mound a, an opportunity to catch his breath and to regroup a little bit or to, and or to regain his composure, his focus. Manly was his focus. 
So, you know, you got a guy, you know, maybe he's making good pitches, he's competing out there, and, you know, innings getting long, he's laboring a little bit, some different things, you can start to see him breathing a little bit. You might take a visit just to sit there and, and let him catch his breath. And I tell you, honestly, there were so many times where I would go out there on the visit, and I would tell guys right away, I said, hey, the only reason I'm out here is just to let you catch your breath. You're doing good. We're doing fine. I'm, I'm not worried about what's going on with you. We're just going to keep pumping, but I'm just giving you out here to give you a little breather. And uh, so guys would, you know, they understood it. You know, I, I wasn't distracting them. They understood what was going on. And if, if we needed to sit there and, and uh, just talk about something, we usually did. And it was maybe more of that Bull Durham scene where it was, you know, we're going to talk about anything except for but necessarily what's going on in the game. I'm not saying it was always right to do it that way. I think that you have to pick your pick your moments and or know your guy on the mound. You don't want to do something that's going to cause a distraction. But if it's a kind of a guy who might need a little bit of a uh, might need a little bit of a distraction or a little bit of a release, then it might be you know, a situation where you could do something like that. But the point of it was was that 85% of the time I would take that visit only to allow that guy to catch his breath, regain his focus. Okay, that, That's how we treat it. Now, the next 10% of the reason why I would take a visit was purely for game situational uh, times. So we had a situation that was coming up where, you know, maybe runners at second and third, we had first base open, and, you know, big part of the game where we needed to figure out what we wanted to do. We would take that visit just to make sure we were all on the same page. If we were going to walk the guy at the plate to put a force out at every base, maybe we discussed that and did that. If we wanted to really make sure that we understood how we were going to pitch the guy uh, that was up at the plate at the time, wanted to make sure we did that. Could have been a lot of those different things, but it was just to make sure that you know myself, the catcher, the pitcher, maybe any, any uh, infielders that were a part of it, that we were all on the same page of exactly what was getting ready to happen, what we wanted to do, maybe understand it, we would discuss it. I had no issue ever, guys, and I really, really would emphasize this to be with you as well. I had no issues ever with the pitcher telling me what he wanted to do because ultimately he's the guy that's going to be having to execute up there. He's the guy that's going to have to deliver. And when he has some ownership in it, when he has input and ownership in it, I'm telling you, you're going to get a, you're going to get a lot better pitches, a lot better pitches. I remember when I was in college, had a uh, had a pitcher um, named Tim Erickson. Tim was a, a veteran guy, just an outstanding left-hander. Uh, he's just one of those guys where uh, you know he was always maturity-wise, he was just always older than everybody else. But he was he was one of the guys. Remember, we took a visit trying to go over, it, and, and Tim Erickson had one of the most ridiculous changeups uh, that I've seen. I mean, he he that that was his pitch. I think he'd rather throw changeups than fastballs, and and which was fine because it was a devastating pitch for him. And I remember we sat there and we scripted out the next three pitches that he was going to go. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go change up uh, down. We had a right-handed hitter up. So I'm going to go change up down away. We're going to go fastball in. I'm going to get change up down away. We're going to get a weak fly ball to second base. So first pitch, change up down away, strike. Next pitch, fastball in. Just missed. I think it was a ball. Next pitch, change up down away. Guy, he didn't pop it up to second base. He hit a four hopper to second base and we got out of the inning. That was the whole point of that trip, was just to, to, to lock in. So there's still a little bit of that focus element, too, that we were talking about. But we would just lock in. The last 5% is why I would take a visit. But this last 5% is probably the majority of the reasons why I see other 
almost every other pitching coach take a visit. And I think it's exactly backwards for them. But the, re, the, the last 5% I would take a visit would be to address a mechanical delivery issue. And the only reason I would do it is because this guy just, he cannot make the adjustment. And so I'm not going to go out there and make that visit and just be labor on it. I'm going to sit there and just tip real quick tip. Hey, your front side's flying open or whatever, you know, whatever the verbals were between me and him where he, he got it. You know, hey, you're just, you're, you're releasing a little early. You know, hey, you're drifting a little bit, whatever. Okay. And then it was back off the mound. I mean, I was out there for five seconds at, at most, deliver the message and I'm out of there. Right. Where I see so many guys going out there and they make their trip and they'll sit there and tell them all the things mechanically that they're doing wrong. And then they just sit out there and they wait forever too. They just keep drilling it on the guy. The guy, he doesn't want to do that. Now, the reason why I think it's a mistake to spend so much of your visits doing that and taking it to talk about mechanical issues is because that guy on the mound has already got so many other things going on that he's having to manage and to compute and figure out on the, on the mound. He's having to you know, deal with the strike zone, deal with the slope of the mound, deal with any base runner, deal with a hostile dugout, deal with if he's home or away, dealing with how he feels that day, you know, dealing with the confidence that he has in his pitches. He's got all of these variables that are going on right now. For you to compound it on top of that to say, you know, hey, your delivery is you know, something going on with your mechanics and it's all that. That's just, that's just going to be more than he, a lot of guys can handle. If it's a quick adjustment that he just cannot solve, and so I've got to go in there and say, hey, look, hey, you know, front side's flying open, just keep it tight, boom, we're out of there. Okay, that's it. The more you hammer on it, the more he's going to feel like it's an issue, the more he's going to concentrate on doing it himself, which is going to distract him from all the other things that he's needing to do, trying to do. Um, and, uh, and it can actually go backwards for you very, very quickly. I've seen that happen a lot with guys. And so that would be something that I would sit there and, and, and really kind of harp on, uh, you know, to other pitching coaches and stuff when I talk to them is, is that I know your intentions are good, okay? I, and, and that's that's not that's not the issue, okay? So I'm not I'm not even questioning that. Your intentions are good by, by sitting there and trying to tell you know help a guy because that's why you're doing. It. Hey, you're flying open. I'm trying to tell you so I can help you so you can be successful. You just have to understand that during that moment in time, you're not helping. Most of the time, you're not helping at all. You're actually hurting. At best, if you could, you would talk about it in between innings which we can talk about that in another episode of the benefits of in-between innings. But you would sit there in in-between innings and just say, hey, you're flying open a little bit. And that just gives him that time in the inning to where, or in-between innings where he can just kind of sit about, think about his process. Um, but not while it's happening. If the guy's out there competing and he's doing all those other things, if he just cannot make that adjustment, if he just cannot figure it out and it's just not his day, you got to go to the next guy. It's just as simple as that. Okay, but it doesn't need to be something that's hammered on. So again, 85% of the time was just to be able to give a guy a breather, to give him a chance to mentally refocus on what he's trying to do. Maybe he, maybe, you know, and, and another example of, of, it, uh, of a guy, you know, to, to refocus. He just threw a devastating pitch on a 3-2 count, thought it was going to be, you know, boom, we're out of the inning, and right then and there, you know, hey, ball four. Okay. So mentally... He may have received it poorly, and he might sit there, and he may be he may be holding on to the pitch that's already happened, and now the next couple of pitches are terrible. Or let me guess, you ever seen a situation, and, I, and we'll talk about this in a different episode, you ever seen a situation where maybe the, the pitcher gets two quick outs, and then 
like the next the, the third hitter up is like four straight balls and he walks him. You ever seen that happen? I'm sure you have because it happens all the time. The reason why that happened is because that guy has mentally checked out of the inning. He's already lost his focus because he's already those first two outs came so quickly. He's already just basically assumed that the third out is already going to happen too. He's already back in the dugout instead of finishing the job. That's the case when you see that guy let up. You got to sit there and you got to go out and you know, maybe give him that chance. Make him aware of what he did. Hey, you're not out of this inning yet. We got to lock it down. We got to go get this guy. Give him that opportunity to refocus, to regroup. Maybe he just catches breath. It's a hot day. The guy's out there. He's working his tail off. He's just getting, you know, you start to see the shoulders slump and all that. Maybe give him a chance to catch a breather. All right. 10% of the time is to talk about game strategies, game situations, what we're going to do, how you're going to attack it, what's going on in the game, and what they want you need to make sure that everybody's aware of. And then the last 5% of it or so is going to be addressing mechanical issues that they cannot seem to make the adjustment on themselves. That's the biggest thing. You don't do the, you don't do that visit just to do it because you see something that you don't like, but the guy's still out there and he's having success in competing. It's if the guy is struggling because of what you see and he cannot manage to figure out what the adjustment is that he needs to make, that's when you go out and do it. Otherwise, you stay in the dugout. You let him do his thing, okay? The guy's out there competing, he's focused, he's doing his thing. You let that guy do that. You don't want to introduce the distraction to him, okay? So I hope that that uh, has been of some help to you. It's the 8510 rule, and uh, something that's uh, pretty cool, like I said, that uh, you don't hear a lot about, but I think it's so vital to the uh, components of the game that can really make or break the, uh, the individual performances of a guy as well as the overall outcome of that game. So I hope that that's something that you can take with you. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. See ya. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pitching Secrets Podcast. If you want to learn more secrets to enhancing your pitching coach abilities and add to your playbooks, all while breaking free from the current status quo of today's coaching, then I want you to join me in my movement to becoming a pitching boss. To start, I'd like to give you a free three-day masterclass for pitching coaches. In this masterclass, we will take a deep dive together on arm care, creating your daily routine, and developing your pitching staff rotation management chart. Go to texaspitchinginstitute.com forward slash masterclass and sign up to get started today.